Welcome to Clear Vibes Raw and Uncut Podcast, where this podcast is made up of three highly educated African-American women with opinions of our own on different discussions dealing with relationships, sex, motherhood, mental health, and many other areas of discussion while keeping it raw and uncut. Okay, y'all, this is our second episode of Clear Vibes Raw and Uncut Podcast. And on today's episode, we will be discussing childbirth, our whole experience on childbirth, me, myself, Chastity, Soul, and Summer. So let's go ahead and jump into this all new episode of Clear Vibes Raw and Uncut Podcast. Okay, our first question is, how did we find out that we was pregnant as well as if we was pregnant multiple times? How was all of our pregnancies? So who wants to go first, Soul or Summer or myself? It doesn't matter. I can Um, go first. Um, Go ahead. I was, I had my first kid when I was 18. And to be honest, it's kind of a blur. I feel like I don't really remember. <laughs> um, but my second one, I just had a baby in 2020 during the pandemic. I found out I was pregnant in January and then everything got shut down in March. Ooh. So that was definitely an experience being pregnant during COVID and not really knowing how it would affect pregnant women. So I was off work for like a month with pay. <laughs> which was nice Ooh, yeah. like, that's always good but mm-hmm. I couldn't really enjoy it because I was stuck in the house right I know that COVID was something else wasn't it that whole shutdown was really something else yeah. you know a lot of us had to stay sealed in and you know we were used to being outside here everybody was you know exactly. go and come as you please yeah so. you know what about that I loved it you did <laughs> I did I loved not having to have to do anything with anyone I love saying social distancing get away from me oh yeah yeah I, I can definitely I relate that. yeah I did and and then I know down here in Atlanta the roads were so clear like Ooh, usually yeah because yeah, as y'all may already know I'm on the outskirts of Atlanta I'm not gonna say exactly where but it I could drive from my house to Atlanta within like what 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And usually it takes way more time than that with traffic and all of that. You take like an hour or something with traffic. And that lets you know it was not nobody really out there. And I remember going out there and people were speed racing and everything, okay? With no policemen anywhere. I think a lot of people was very spooked, okay? So a lot of people was like, oh, yeah, we're not even going to go over there. But I definitely understand that. So, like, um, being very, you know, a little bit afraid, definitely with you being pregnant. Yeah. yeah, I was scared. I couldn't bring anyone to any of my doctor's appointments. When I delivered, I only could have one person and they couldn't leave the hospital at all. Like if really? they left to go home, they couldn't come back. Yeah, it was like really like locked down. Wow, and I didn't know that. Yeah, they wouldn't let like you couldn't have a doula. You couldn't have none of that. You only can have one person. So you had to pick it's either going to be your man or your doula or it's going to be your mom or whoever you want it's only could be one person so i know that i know that was a hard decision yeah you know what i thought i needed to pick somebody that could calm me down and like keep me relaxed so i picked my cousin because i picked someone that i could be around for a couple days all day (laughs) (laughs) that's not gonna drive me crazy so it was Mm -hmm. it was nice but but definitely i found out i was pregnant on martin luther king day (laughs) oh really okay i have a dream (laughs) (laughs) yes i went to the doctor like a regular checkup like didn't think i was pregnant or anything like that i was late but i didn't think i was pregnant and then she was like you're pregnant i was like wait you're lying like you know i'm not pregnant and she was like you're pregnant and so for a good like week i feel like i was in denial (laughs) Uh uh-huh for a little bit yeah yeah I definitely think that we all, well, sometimes definitely with your first one, you're going to be in denial a lot of times too. Like, I know with my experience, I was definitely in denial. Okay. I couldn't believe it. So yeah, I definitely understand that. 
So, um, so that was basically your experience with like how you found out that you was pregnant. Yeah, I found out I was pregnant at my checkup, and then, um, yeah, like a week. I feel like I was like processing it. Like, is this real for real? Like, am I really pregnant? Like, <laughs> because yeah. my oldest was thirteen at the mm. time. So I was like, oh no, I was about to live my best life. Yeah, that's a big but, age gap. Yeah, but I feel like God don't make no mistakes, so no, nope, not at all. Mm-hmm. How did you guys yeah. find out you were pregnant? Okay, did you want to go somewhere or you want me to go? Um, I guess I'll go ahead and go. So okay. for me, I was young my first time. I was mm-hmm. 16 when I had my son, so I was 15 when I found out. Okay. And I really didn't think I was pregnant. My friend kept telling me, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. And I'm like, stop saying that to me. So we went together after school one day to the clinic, took a test. I was pregnant. And it was an interesting experience being pregnant in high school because everybody wanted to touch me and talk to me. And it was like they were very interested in what was going on. I mean... (laughs) And with that, I don't mean to interrupt you, but at the time, was it like something that was very um, different to see a girl pregnant at your age? Or was it something that was normal in your area? Um, In my area, it was not abnormal, but Uh I was at the time the only girl who had come back to school after the fact. Because usually what would happen is they would get pregnant and never come back to school. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I continued going to school throughout. And then um, when I got late into my pregnancy and it became hard, I decided to just take my GED a year early. So I finished high school at 17 because I took my GED. That's wonderful, though. That is because a lot of times women don't get to um, finish or they don't, you know, they end up having to drop out or, you know, they never get to go back or they got to go back like at a later time. So that's definitely good that you was able to do that. Yeah, my mother was very adamant about me making sure that I finished school because she's like, that is not something that you're going to want to have to deal with later when you're trying to support yourself and your child. So. I didn't want to continue going to school for the first year of my child's life. So I ended up just doing the GED and I was straight after that. And then I was pregnant with my second child at 18. Okay. So um, that one in my middle child, it's a little bit of a blur because I really didn't expect to get pregnant so soon after. My two oldest children are 18 months apart. So okay. I was like, okay, we just going to do this because I <laughs> am not a person who I, I just at that point in my life didn't really understand the spiritual implications of abortion. And I didn't know if I was okay with it. Like yeah. my first pregnancy, I was actually pushed to get an abortion and did not. So, you know, I wasn't about to do it the second time. Yeah. So I had my daughter and I raised both of them together it took me a while to get up onto like living my adult life and going to work and going back to school and doing those things just because I had two young children. So I did have the privilege of spending time at home with them while they were very young. And mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that because I know a lot of people have to jump right back into their careers and stuff. So yeah, that's true. Me having yeah, them young, I think that. that, yeah, you know, and I feel like me being young, I didn't have a career yet. So I pretty much was able to stay home with them and enjoy them and raise them the way that not exactly the way I would have wanted to, because I obviously wish I had a career to support us better during that time. Yeah. But it was definitely, um, we, we are very close because I spent so much time at home with them. Yeah, and then right. my last child, I did not expect to be pregnant with her because I was on birth control. She is nine years younger than my middle child. I okay. wasn't planning to have any more children. I also had two periods in the same month that I found out I was pregnant with her. So, yeah, I definitely didn't believe I was pregnant. I was like, oh, no, I'm not pregnant. Uh -uh. Something's just not right. Her father's like, you're pregnant. That's what it is. Just accept it. So it took me, I think I was 12 weeks when I finally got ultimate confirmation that I was pregnant with her. Oh, wow. Mm. Far along. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I'm telling you, a lot of times when you become pregnant, you be like, oh my gosh, definitely when you're younger, you know, it'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. What? <laughs> um, and you know, I know with my reaction when I became pregnant, because I was pregnant at 19. I had already um, graduated high school at the time. And I know that um, when I end up finding out, I was actually three months already. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are probably like, how how you go that long? You not you don't even know. It's the denial. I was definitely in denial. <laughs> um, yes, I when I say denial, I was in denial. Okay, it couldn't be. <laughs> so, um, I remember I had worked at Ross Department Store, and I kept having so much pain. Like when I tell you I was bending down, you know, at Ross back then, I know in my area, it was very, the floor always had clothes all over. It was clothes everywhere. You always had to pick it up. And when I went to go pick it up several times, my stomach was hurting bad. When I tell you, it's basically like I could have been in the ball position that it hurt mm-hmm. so bad. And I kept saying, I remember I told my mom, I said, my my stomach, it keeps hurting so bad. And I remember I kept putting it off and I said, well, I'm going to drink some cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> so I was over there drinking cranberry juice, even though it was nasty. I um kept drinking it because something in the back of my head, I'm not even going to lie, something told me that I might was pregnant, but I couldn't believe it because at the time, the guy that I um, dealt with, that was the um, baby daddy, he, um, well, my child's father. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I ended up breaking it off with him um, just about three months before. So, you know, once I walked away, I was like, yeah, I don't have no type of contact with him. You know, everything, my hand wiped. So let me get back to my, me having all the stomach pains. And I remember my mom said, you need to go to the hospital. You're going to go to the hospital. I'm going to take you to the hospital. And me being hard hit, I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And all of that. So one day it got so bad to the point that I, I just, I had to go. I called my mom and I said, hey, I got to go to the mercy room. And so we went to the mercy room and I found out that I had a UTI. A lot of people that's pregnant do get UTIs. Um, I found that out and he was like, yeah, that's very normal for a woman that's pregnant to have a UTI. But how I found out that I was pregnant because the doctor was pretty cool though about it because I think he knew I was young. He knew I was young. So he came back in. I remember they did, you know, when you go to the hospital, they're going to run all them tests, blood tests, your urine, all of that. So mm-hmm. when he came back in, I remember he was looking at me. I still remember it. He came back in and we was in the emergency room in one of the little rooms back there. And my mom was sitting there and the doctor came to me and he said well mom can you step out for a few minutes or whatever and he said um just give us a minute and so when he said that my heart dropped because I said yeah something something ain't right you know and so um he ended up telling me he said um well you got a UTI but you're also pregnant and I remember, you know, when they ask us is when we teenagers and we're in front of our parent or our mom, they ask, are you sexually active? And I remember I told him, no, I said, no, I'm not because <laughs> I didn't want my mom to know. I No, I'm not going to uh, tell her, even though I was 19 and out of school, but you know, that's awkward to me back then. So I was like, no. And so I think he knew I was lying. You know, the it's doctor like the be lie knowing. detector determined that was a lie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he ended up telling me, and then he said, do you want me to tell your mom or do you want to tell your mom? And the first thing when he told me that I wasn't worried about my mom reaction because me and my mom was pretty close. And um, my mom and dad was actually, um, they had my brother when my, when my mom got pregnant with my brother at 18. So they didn't really, you know, they didn't shun me or anything like that for it because it happens. But um, when it did end up happening, the doctor was like, you want me to tell your mom or me? And I said, you, because I wasn't finna tell her. <laughs> so he ended up calling her back in. He told her and my mom looked at me and she just smiled and she said, okay. 
But my mom was the least of my worries. I was worried about my dad. That's who I was worried about because it, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, definitely being a daddy's girl, whatever. And so it just made me be like, Oh no. And you know how daddies be more stricter. Well, in my case, he was more stricter. Yeah. So, you know, when I thought of him, I said, Oh man, he's going to be pissed, man. <laughs> I, man, I already know he's going to be mad. So I remember when I went back home, I was crying for days. When I tell y'all I was crying for days because I knew I wasn't dealing with the guy no more. I didn't want to deal with him for whatever reasons that was. I'm not going to go into detail with that, but I didn't want to deal with him no more. And I'm not going to lie. At the time when that happened, I felt like my life was ending. When I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter, because, you know, me being young and I'm like, man, I supposed to went to college and all of this type of stuff and come to find out. Um, and I know I'm just talking. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so come to find out, I ended up finding out, like I said, when I was three, when I was already three months, um, pregnant and it was actually like, um, something else I we're gonna talk about risk when <laughs> I don't want to answer too many questions I mean too much on there but yeah that's how I found out though that I was pregnant by me having to go to the hospital from having a lot of stomach pain when you just told that story it actually reminded me of a story kind of similar with my first daughter when I really? was pregnant yes because I was pregnant I would say I was about six months and I knew I was pregnant but I was still in denial so I was mm-hmm. super sick because you know with girls you're really sick and my mm-hmm. mom was like, I know you're pregnant. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just denying yeah. it. Like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And then I got really sick. And my dad took me to the hospital. And really? I knew I was pregnant. Yeah. And then the doctor was like, does your dad know you're pregnant? And I was like, no. So he like literally was like, okay. So when my dad comes back in the room, he was like, yeah, she just has food poisoning. Because really? Super, yeah, because I was throwing up like really bad. I was super sick. So he uh-huh. was like, you know what? It's not my stuff to tell. I'm going to just tell your dad you got food poisoning. And and so he told him that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> doctor was cool. Yeah. But girl, I learned my lesson because my dad still heard about it to this day because he uh-huh. had moved out of town shortly after that happened. And so I never told him I was pregnant. So oh, then, really? yeah, so I'm in the hospital about to deliver and he calls my brother and he was like, oh, where's Solana at? And he's like, oh, she in the hospital about to have a baby. He was like, what? <gasps> yes, girl. So he calls every hospital in San Diego trying to find me Ooh. and he calls my room. And I answer the phone, girl, and he's just crying. Like, why did you tell me he was pregnant? I wasn't going to be mad. What can I do? It's done. Like, yeah. So he was more hurt Mm -hmm. that I didn't tell him. So he was actually like the first person I told I was pregnant this time. because You did. I was like, I know last time I didn't tell you. Uh (laughs) Let you be the first one to know. Basically make up for it. Exactly. Because I still, I felt so bad. I was like, damn, I should have told him. He was mad at my mom because she didn't tell him either. And it was yeah. just a whole thing. Yeah, because I know <laughs> I know when I was telling y'all about the whole crying that I was doing, and I remember my aunt, me and my aunt was pretty close then, and she kept telling me, girl, you better stop all that damn crying. Your baby going to be a crybaby. You keep doing all that crying all the time. And my daddy and mom was like, yeah, you didn't stop doing that crying because it's already done, and you got the support. And that's one thing that I can say. I had a good support system. Still do to this day. But I think that's another reason why I never really had another kid. Because I had such a great support system. And I didn't want to. I, I felt like it was going to put a burden on people. You know, mm-hmm. when you get a lot of help. And, and people help you. And they do all this stuff. And I think at a young age, I felt like, I know when I was younger, I said I wasn't going to get pregnant or anything until I got married or whatever, because I felt like, you know, when people go out their way, I remember my aunt, she brought Pampers for a whole year. Um, I had with my parents helped and stuff. So I definitely had a good support team. And I felt like if I was to go back out there and get pregnant, I felt like it would be a slap in the face to them. Mm-hmm. And so that was always my thing, even though it may not be in, but you know, with us being young and stuff, you know, sometimes we think about stuff like that or overthink or be like, yeah, Oh no, I'm not doing that. 
that's how I felt too. So that's why I didn't yeah. have kids for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that was my thing. So, um, I know you guys did share how, um, y'all found out about your pregnancies and stuff. So what was the difference, um, with y'all childbirths with y'all kids? Like, um, what was, was it anything different about when you had your first one or, um, you know, in between the ones that you did have, was it any type of difference that you seen? Mm, mine were, well, with every child I had, I went overdue. I was 43 weeks about mm. by the time I delivered each child. So mine were similar in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't know as far as differences go. Yeah, it can yeah, it can definitely be something similar or different either or. Yeah, my differences were mostly circumstantial, like about what was going on that particular day that I gave birth. But uh-huh. I was induced two out of three times because I guess they just never wanted to come out. I mean, I don't blame them, but like, y'all got to get out. I want to sleep <laughs> okay. on my belly again. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, I can, I can understand that. Definitely, when you're um in so much pain, honey. I know with me, when I got the getting in pain, when it came time for me to um have my child, I could have ripped the bed reeling off. I'm not <laughs> gonna lie. And the lady kept saying, "You're not ready yet for the what's the name." And I could not even get. I didn't even get a chance to get the medicine or anything okay. because she kept saying, "You're not ready yet." And then next thing you know, I was ready. But I didn't never, she never gave it to me, you know, and that goes back to y'all of the whole thing where they think that us as being black women, we can take so much pain. Mm-hmm. So you, y'all know that's a whole nother story too. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Don't get me started on that. Okay. <laughs> Girl, it was disastrous the whole time for me. I had morning Aww. sickness every single pregnancy and I had morning sickness for two weeks after postpartum. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. I did not go back to eating normal for like close to a month after each time I gave birth. Oh, my God. Oh, whoa. Yeah, you did. I know you did go through it. (laughs) They took everything out of me. Like when I'm pregnant, people always tell me, oh, you're glowing. You look so good. But I'm like, I feel like a dry husk. I'm drinking so much water and I'm still thirsty. I'm sleeping all the time and I'm still tired. Like literally took everything out of me. Yeah. Wow. But, um, yeah. So, um, so did you have any type of experience like with yours between your daughters or anything similar with your kids my daughters i had a c-section my first daughter it was an emergency c-section because i had preeclampsia toxemia so it was an emergency yeah so that one was the emergency one which i was mad because of course you wanted to go a certain way and when it doesn't go the way you plan i didn't think i was about to get cut open (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. 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 But with my second one, because I got a C-section with my first one, I got a C-section with my second one. And that one was like smooth sailing. Like we planned it. I got to pick the day. Like I went in there all cool, calm and collected. You Mm -hmm. know, I was like, okay, we having this baby at 1030. (laughs) Okay, let's do Uh, it. Exactly. (laughs) The last one was like, I, I really had a really good experience. Um, with my doctor, I kind of told her from the the jump, like, hey, I'm a black woman. Like, I know how the maternal death rate is. And mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that you understand what I'm saying and how I'm feeling. And if I tell you something is wrong, like, I need you to, like, be on my side. So me and her had yeah. a real heart to heart at the beginning of my pregnancy. That's so good. she was on it. Yeah, because she was Asian. So she was like, I'm a person of color. So I understand. Like, Because yeah. mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. about to play with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If and anything was wrong, I was like, um, I need to go get checked out. I need to go get monitored. I need to Yeah. Okay, yeah. Definitely you have to be up on it though, because I know with me I had male doctors. And a lot of people are like, You had men doctors? Yeah, right. I had man I had a um a father and a son. So <laughs> I yeah, mm-hmm. so I had male doctors as my doctors, and they was pretty cool, too. And the thing about it is that I remember when, before I gave birth to my daughter, I did have to be induced. So I ended up, we made it 
that that later that day when well, I had a doctor appointment that same day. And I remember he said, well, tonight you're going to go down to the hospital. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm going to go ahead and put this thing in you. And it's, it's supposed to expand you. By the time you get to the hospital, it's going to be woo, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And we're going to go ahead and get that baby out. So when that came along, I remember because um, I got put in the hospital that night. My mom went with me. My dad, he was kind of like, oh, I think I'm going to go, but he worked night shift. So, you know, we didn't think anything was going to happen by the time he got off by seven in the morning. So he went ahead and went, but he was like, I'm going to keep my phone on me. Let me know if something happens so I can leave work and I'll be down there to the hospital. Right. So mm-hmm. we ended up doing that. I remember with the aunt that I said I was real close with at the time. I remember she was on the phone with me and at this hospital, I didn't know at the time they have trainers where they have these people, they intern and stuff. And the nurse that I had, she was an intern. And that's the one that kept telling me, oh, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And all it is. And I kept saying, I think I need the medicine. I need it. That's why I kept telling her. She said, no, it's not. It's too early. And I was like, even my aunt, she was like, I could tell you was getting real irritated. She said (laughs) when she heard me on the phone, because I'm telling you, I was in so much pain to the point that I could have ripped the railing off. Mm-hmm. No over-exaggeration. Like, I was so much in pain. But that intern kept telling me, no, it's not time. It's not, You can't get it. So I remember I told my aunt, I said, I'm going to call you back. That's why I told him. My mom said, well, you sure that she don't need no medical? You know how moms be. They get upset, honey. Because mm-hmm. when they see that child up in there in pain and stuff like that. So I remember the nose, uh, well, the intern nurse, she went out the room. And five minutes later, y'all, tell me why I was pushing. I was pushing because I felt the need to push. Yes, I was pushing. Next thing you know, the whole, I remember I would not look down for nothing. The My daughter was in the bubble on the outside. And I remember, you know how you you don't have to look down, but you can see it. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I looked down, I was going to pass out. So I was not going to look down. And I remember I kept pushing and I knew she was on the bed. I knew she was on the bed and she was in that bubble. And my mom said, <laughs> I remember my mom got my mom panicked. She said, she ran to the house. She said, she's having a baby. <laughs> so everybody's running up in there, like all these people up in the room. And I remember with my doctor, he come running in there, everybody getting everything on fast. And somebody, I remember one nurse said, the baby's on the bed. And I'm looking like, no shit, the baby's on the bed. Okay, like, girl, we see that. So, <laughs> so they come in and stuff. And you know, when um, I re- the last thing I can remember is that I remember the doctor showed me her, my baby, and I was out because I remember at the time when he was sewing, because of course, <laughs> when you get to pushing yourself and stuff, you're going to rip yeah. a lot. There might be too much information, but it ripped a lot. So he had to sew when he was sewing. And I said, um, this hurts. I said, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can feel it. I said, yes, because, you know, he's supposed to already gave me medicine or whatever, but it wasn't enough. So next thing I know, he he said, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to take good care of you. You're not going to be able to feel this as is. Girl, I, y'all, I was asleep, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was asleep within five minutes. He put something up in that IV, baby. I was asleep. So um, my experience with him yeah, my experience with him, though, and his father, they was pretty good, though, because I remember with me being um, the age that I was, I was 19. So I remember he said, you want to stay an extra day? When I tell y'all, them folks treated me good in that hospital. They was give, bring me snacks. They was <laughs> over there holding the baby. They were doing all types of stuff. He said, well, and then he came in there again. He said, you want to um, stay another night? I said, sure. So, you know, because <laughs> I look, I felt like at home and stuff, basically, because you got to eat whatever you wanted. You got it. Your baby was getting taken care of for the time being, mm-hmm. you know, and um, 
yeah, like that was my experience. Definitely my experience with that. Yeah, so. girl, that is an exciting birth experience. And on your account, if I was you, I would not be afraid to do it again. Like my last one definitely convinced me not to do it again because I ended up having to literally hold her in because her father had a medical emergency while I was in labor. Really? Yes. They kept waking me up. You ready to push yet? I was like, nope. Put me back to sleep. Her father's not here, so we're going to go back to sleep again. So, yeah. What would y'all say y'all birth experience? Do y'all think that they was good? Like on a rating, a scale of one to five, I would say mine was like a, a four. What would y'all say y'all scale of y'all pregnancies? Or the best one or the, you know, what is the average, okay? <laughs> All right, right, the average. For me, I say a three because I've definitely heard way worse stories than mine, and all my children are healthy and blessed, and I am thankful for that in this American birthing system. I know with my um, whole little birth thing, that's why I was telling someone, I said, um, I, I don't know what I would have done. Like, if I didn't have my parents and, you know, my um aunt and stuff like that, the support team that I had, because when I felt that I was pregnant, I thought I was going to get a lot of backlash off of it. But I actually, um it, it made the family become more closer, I felt. And I remember I got people that came up to the hospital and um did that. And I was like, okay, I got so much support, you know, and, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I definitely had support of my family in terms of like them. I mean, at first, because I was so young, when they found out I was pregnant, they were not too happy to hear about it. But once it happened and the babies were here, I definitely did receive the support of them giving my children love that I didn't really expect to get being so young. Yeah, I can definitely imagine with you being so young at the age that you was with your first, you know, you definitely would have. I know me as a person, I would have thought I would have got some bad backlash due to the age. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. I know because definitely at that hospital that I was at, though, they got a reputation that they be doing stuff they ain't supposed to be doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I know one girl. Yeah, like one girl. Her whole side of her face was numb for days, for like three days after. That reminds me. I couldn't use my knees for like three days after my first childbirth with all the epidural they gave me. Really? Yeah, going up and downstairs was impossible. And I was in a wheelchair my first day out the hospital. Wow. Yeah. But I was 16, so I didn't know. I thought it was normal. So do you think it's something that the hospital done? Or do you think it was just something natural that happened? Mm, I don't know. I feel like they might have overdone it on the anesthesia for me. Because after that, I started having a lot of low back pain that I never had. And I'm 16, so why would I have low back pain? You know what I'm saying? It's not like now where I'm in my 30s. Yeah. But I've had low back pain since I had my first child. And I I know that having a child does change the body and it does different things to the body that may or may not contribute. But I I don't know. I feel like both of them could be definitely contributing factors. Yeah, I definitely understand that because I know a lot of times you will hear that the hospital done stuff and, you know, um, you know, for a fact, definitely with you being 16 years old, you know, when do you really see a 16 year old with issues like that? You know, so that's why I had to ask you that question, because sometimes these hospitals will do stuff and they'll act like they didn't never do it, you know, and they'll be like, oh, well, that's not our problem. You had this issue before when in reality, no, no, no. I didn't have no, none of that type of issues. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely happy to hear that you and even Soul and myself didn't really have too much complications. Like some of the stories that I know that you guys have heard as well as myself. Yeah, I'm wow. grateful that you didn't have to experience it. But then it makes you knowledgeable also of all the things that go on and all the negligence that happens. Most definitely. And then, you know, um, definitely with us as black women and just women of color, too, to pass away during birth. So, yeah, that is definitely something that happens to us so many times. I was just going to say one big thing I've learned um, going through my 
herbalism and spiritual and naturalist journey is that um, we, for the very baseline of the way that we birth children in this country is improper. Like we lay on our backs when gravity does the work, when you should be more in a squatting position or resting up against something while squatting. The vaginal yeah. canal, the way that it's shaped, you're pushing the baby up and out doesn't make much sense. And it makes sense that a lot of women are having complications in birth, trying to birth against gravity. Yeah. So so with that being said, would you say that any of your births was um, planned? Um, no, not really. No. I mean, okay. I, I was induced, but... A lot of the time, I wasn't really sure whether they were going to actually do it when they did it. Because they were all saying, hey, just hang on. The baby will come when they want to. I am 43 weeks, ma'am. Please help Mm -hmm. me. Help us. Make this baby start its life. And you know, after a certain amount of time, they're supposed to go ahead and just do it. Because um, the baby shouldn't be in there for too long. Right. You know, that's how they can start having a lot of birth defects and things going on with their health mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah. So, as girl, I, went, I don't know what they was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> as I went overdue, they were definitely doing more monitoring. Like, I was having non-stress tests done every week. I was getting ultrasounds every week. But the thing is, by the time I had my last child years later, she was born in 2016, I only got one ultrasound my entire pregnancy, and they were telling me that they were attempting to take a more non-invasive approach to monitoring the pregnancy, but they wouldn't even tell me the gender of my child. Really? They were like, oh, that's that is an- weird. Yeah, they were like, that's an unnecessary invasive procedure. I'm like, oh, you mean the insurance won't pay for it anymore? Gotcha. Mm, wow. Yeah, they- and that let you know that a lot of things is about money unfortunately and that goes back to this whole healthcare system that we have here like why aren't we able to get free health care and stuff like a lot of other countries have like we supposed to be one of the richest countries or whatever why can't we get free um health care because we are one of the richest countries for two reasons one reason being the pharmaceutical industry and the mm-hmm. second reason being war so if they were to give into that pharmaceutical industry being non-profitable for themselves, I feel like we would lose a lot of the quote-unquote American privileges that we have access to. But then again, I've heard from people in other countries that have free health care that the free health care system is a benefit, but also because it's free, it does take months and months to get an appointment. I mean, I haven't experienced it myself, so I can't say for sure if it's true, but this is just what I've heard, that it does take a lot longer to get appointments and things like that because yeah. it's free. Yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, but you know, sometimes people can't even get it, though. You know, some people just can't go to the doctor or the hospital either, right. you know, and they um, wish they could, but yeah, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that's been something that's been crazy as well. Like, wow, you know, and, and a lot of people die from that as well, too, like, because they're not able to get access to health care. And things, so they have to choose. They want to pay a bill, or do they want to be in debt with hospital? And a lot of times, people are choosing to pay their bills because they need a place to stay and food to eat. Right. So, yeah. So it's definitely um something that I definitely understand, though. And you know, while I think that they still should do it, you know, I feel like it. But neither here or there. But let's get back on topic. Right. Um. Yeah, so we got that for um, another episode. Okay, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll put that on something else. <laughs> but um, yeah. So when you did have your um doctor appointments, um, did you have anyone that would go with you? Usually, my child's any? father went with me. Um, uh, if he okay. was in a situation where he's working that time, I would go by myself. But um, okay. my first child. So when I found out I was pregnant, I actually left his father, like pretty much as soon as I found out because I was like, oh no, we're not 
finna do this. I'm <laughs> yeah. not finna expose another human being to you for 18 years. So, zip, zap, zoodle. We gone. So, um, I did a lot of that by myself. Sometimes my mother would come with me because, like I said, I was 16. So, um, yeah. yeah, I did a lot of my first pregnancy alone. So, I mean, it kind of prepared me for anything. Going through pregnancy alone at 16 is something. <laughs> But um, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, like, you know, even though I was just a couple years older, but I can only imagine definitely what you going through it alone. Any pregnant woman, you know, any pregnant female going through that pregnancy alone because it's a lot. Yeah, something and, about it. Uh, I guess me being pregnant, I kind of felt like I had my child with me at all times. So something about it made me feel like I was not alone. So I didn't really have that awareness to feel like I was lonely until it came the moment for me to give birth. And I didn't know. I was like, look at this beautiful thing. It belongs to me. What do I do with it now? Yeah, so so how was your friends with it? I know with my friends, a lot of times when you... um, at the time when I became pregnant, you know, basically we were going to college and stuff and, you know, people was getting out of high school and things like that. So, or we was already out of high school and people basically was planning on moving on and going to college next. Mm-hmm. So how did that um affect you and your friends that you had before you became pregnant? Did it have any type of effect? Um, Because we were still in high school. A lot of them were very excited while I was pregnant. And they were like, mm-hmm. wow, this is so cool. I want to rub your belly and I want to buy cute things for the baby. And, like, they wanted to stand up for me when I needed rest in class because I was too tired. You know, whatever. They just wanted the commodity of it. High school kids, cool. But, like, once I actually gave birth, there were maybe four of them that stuck around that are still around now. Which is uh-huh. fine, you know, because things like that, certain life events definitely let you know who's meant to be around and who's not. So I, I guess yeah. I'm thankful for that fall off. Yeah, yeah. Because I know for me, the experience was I had this so-called best friend. And I remember, and, you know, she's the same one that I was telling you about that really wasn't a uh, real best friend i end up finding out eventually mm-hmm. and, and people been telling me for years in high school they were like girl that ain't your friend i don't like her you know how folks mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when you in high school they gonna keep it real the kids is so yeah. they were like girl i don't like her whatever you know when she come around so i end up finding out a little bit later after i got pregnant with my daughter and i had her, her true colors because you know, we would talk and stuff, but after a while, it faded. Mm-hmm. I remember for my daughter's first birthday. Well, no, not first birthday. It was like when my, no, it was for the baby shower mm-hmm. I had for my daughter. And the girl ended up buying my baby a, a xylophone. Like, girl, what the baby going to do with a xylophone, what? girl? <laughs> yeah, so that was crazy. I mean, it's <laughs> cute when you think about it because I guess on the cartoons, kids always have a xylophone. But, like, it's a brand new baby. The baby can't use that yet, girl. <laughs> girl, you just went out there and got something. That's all it was. It was like, yeah, I'm going to go like, drop this, this off. Like, baby toy. Here you go exactly so i was like then it was the metal kind too that's the thing about it was like all of it was metal and wood right, for so, her to try to chew on it and lose it too i am not giving her my i am not giving that to my child okay <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah we felt that kind of funny because my parents was like what the why is she getting on it like, who did, you know how when, <laughs> you know, at the baby showers, it, you know, you get all your gifts and people gathering up. Mm-hmm. And I remember my aunt said, who the hell got you that? <laughs> Girl, somebody must ain't got no kid or something. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, hmm. You know, so she ended up doing that. But a little bit later, you know, it ended up coming out how she really was. But Back to the childbirth, though, like, I remember I went to the appointments with my dad. My dad always went to the appointments with me. And then, like, my mom went sometimes, but basically my dad, because my dad always been, like, there. My mom always been there, too, but 
my dad has like, cause you know, he worked night shift. Mm-hmm. So it was more easier for him. Cause you know, more likely you're going to have appointments in the daytime. And you know, my mom could only get off every so often, you know? Right. So he was, he, he was sit in the waiting room and he'll wait. And then when I come out, he was like, so how was it? And everything. So it was, it was pretty cute mm-hmm. and sweet though, because it was like, ah, you know, and a lot of times you don't see fathers in there like that. I don't think so. You don't really see fathers in the waiting room for their daughters right. like that. So yeah, that was definitely something to um, experience. And it was definitely good because we would go walking and all types of stuff together. So that was pretty good. And I think that what made the birth very easy, too. Because, you know, they say when you be um, active or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was very active, girl. I was dancing and everything when I was pregnant. <laughs> I was a dancing machine, okay? I walked a lot during my pregnancies, but... I couldn't get it in me to do much else because I was so sick the whole time. Like, I I would be hungry all the time, and then I would eat, and then it would come right back up. So I never really had much energy, but I wasn't driving at the time because I was young, so I was walking everywhere anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so with that being said, um, what did you do to prepare for your um childbirth? Like, was it anything that you did? Anything you take to the hospital? Or how was that? Well, once I found out I was pregnant, I did a lot of reading. I went to the library. I went to the bookstore. I got the typical what to expect when you're expecting and all those type of books, you know, just stuff to educate myself on the process so that I will be more comfortable as it went along. And then when I got further along, I started researching birthing plans and what it was like to give birth. And I learned that you can make a birthing plan so that you bring certain things with you and you let the doctor know in case you're unable to in the moment what you want and what you don't want done. So I started working on that. But it didn't really come to fruition because as a 16-year-old, I didn't really know what to do with it. I kind of just had an idea of what I wanted. So... If I was to ever have another child, I am well versed in that now, I guess. But um Yeah, yeah. Definitely a learning experience too. Yeah. I guess I just prepared by bringing things that I knew would be comfy for myself and the baby in the postpartum period, the first couple of days afterwards. I brought um yeah. many, many clean t shirts, pillows, uh changes of clothes for the baby and things like that. The cute little outfit yeah. to go home with for pictures. Oh, yeah. You know they got to be real cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, before you take them at the hospital, you know they got to be real. Even in the hospital, though, mm-hmm. me, being how I am, I was like, yeah, she going to put this on the first day and then this other yeah. day. And then we going to put her in with this because she got visitors coming and all of that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... Yes, yeah, so that was something. Um, what about you? What did you do in preparation? Uh, yeah, for me, I actually had me a little bag that I did, and it had like the baby wipes in it, a little bit of pamper, newborn pampers. Um, I remember the baby powder. You know, at the time, you could use baby powder back then. Mm-hmm. But, um, cause you know, that was like 15 years ago. You know, now they say you can't be using no baby powder no more. Yeah. So, yeah, and so I ended up doing that. I had some birthing um cloths. I had like a swaddled um little towel thing, made blanket. Then I had the cap because at the time when she was born, you know, my daughter was born on February the twenty ninth. Oh, she's so, your baby. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So you know, then in Georgia, it'd be cold. So I made sure she had a little cap. I had her. I remember. She had like this little zip up yellow um foot thing, like mm-hmm. you know, like the little mm-hmm. um, puffer thing. Yeah, and it was Winnie the Pooh one, and it had the little ears on it. It was so oh, that's cute. So funny you it, say that because that was the theme that every for my son, my firstborn, I bought everything uh-huh. Winnie the Pooh. Really? Because hers was mini. We found out. Like, we started doing mini mouths. But, yeah, it's like Winnie the Pooh was popular then, too. Yeah, it, I, I yeah, love Winnie was. the Pooh. So, I was like, yeah, we're going to do Winnie the Pooh everything. <laughs> I found all the vintage Winnie the Pooh stuff for him, like, with the old Winnie the Pooh print on it. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I bet that was cute, too. Yes, he had the baskets in his under his little nursery and everything, the sheet set, the crib bumper, all oh. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I end up putting in there. And then I end up putting her some footies, some socks, of course. And girl, you know, I had to have her some shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What is my pet peeve about the baby with the shoes, girl? Okay. I always tell people. Yeah, I'm not the type that just have the babies with socks on. I don't. I'd be like, yeah, that baby needs some shoes because we got shoes. So, baby's going to have some shoes, okay? I actually strongly <laughs> contest that. I feel like yeah. I feel like babies need to have their feet and their toes free as much as possible. Really? Yeah, because I don't know. I don't even like wearing shoes now as a 32-year-old woman. I'm going to just say that now. I feel like they're foot cages and they're evil. I don't know who created them and why, but they just look so nice sometimes. So I keep my kids like, I don't know, like my kids in the wintertime, yes, I encourage them to wear slippers around the house to keep their feet warm. But like, I also encourage my kids to go outside without shoes. And, you know, I feel like it's a grounding process. So I I feel some source of like connection to my baby's feet when they're new. Aww. Yeah, so I, I touch their feet often. So, you know, the shoes to me, it shuts a part of that off for some reason. I'm just like, this doesn't feel right. We're taking these off. You put socks on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know what it's about, but it's just some innate feeling. I feel like their little souls need to be free. Yeah. But with me, because I always say, like, I always be like, we wear shoes. A lot of baby can't have shoes. And, you know, baby shoes be so cute to me. And I always buy, like, the baby showers that I... Yeah, in the baby showers that I do go to, I always buy shoes for the babies. Always. So they never wear shoes. Like I definitely understand the point of like how they look and they look cute. So like if I'm going somewhere somewhere and I know I'm gonna bring the baby around somebody, I'll put shoes on the baby. But if we just in the house or you know, we just going over. Oh yeah, in the house. You know, they're gonna have socks on. Yeah, because I, I use little baby with shoes. Honey. That baby got to have some shoes, <laughs> I think, okay? I think that's so. a southern thing, too, because you think about it. It's very southern with the baby with the bonnet and the little white shoes on, little white lace-up shoes. Like, there's something very yeah. southern and classy about that ideal. So I can kind of get where that comes from. It might be a southern thing, though. It may be. Um, well, no. Let me um change that because I see people all the time with babies with just socks or just bare feet out. So my yeah, problem I think be just... when they when they have the babies with socks on and the baby socks be dirty, but the baby don't be walking yet. Ooh, child. Okay, let like, you know yeah, how how that happened and how did you let what? I'm very confused. Okay, what was the product that you would use on your babies? Because I know I use, I didn't like that baby powder smell because I don't smell so many grown folks with that baby yeah. powder smell on them, and it did not mix. So I used to always use the um, purple one, the lavender. Oh one. my god! Ooh, girl, yes. that was so good. I was about to say that I used to use the purple baby magic. Yes, girl, that one smells so good, mm-hmm. didn't it? The nighttime. Yep, and then Ooh, there's this baby. um this stuff I used to get from my friend. She's Puerto Rican. She used to get it from um back home, and it was like oil, but for the baby, and you put it like on their clothes and stuff. I think it was called Nenuco or something like that. But it smelled so uh-huh. good, and I used to put that on my son's little cap before I put it on his head. I know, definitely with you putting that on his cap, I know the smell definitely stayed and everything, and the baby smelled so fresh. Fresh baby smell be smelling so good, mm-hmm. though. Like, it do. Like, I don't know what it is about a, a baby, <laughs> but baby smells so yeah, good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so good. Hello, feet. I know, ain't it? Look, don't be getting baby fever, girl. Girl, you crazy. <laughs> I gotta work. You, oh, you said what? You gotta, gotta work. work. Okay, I heard mm-hmm. that. But uh, look, you be the same way I am. I be like, yeah, I got this career that I'm working <laughs> on. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely get that. So yeah. okay, so with that being said, is there anything that you would have changed about your childbirth, like if you could um, back then? I guess the only thing I would change is if I could know the things that I know now, and also being more financially stable so that I could have provided the way I wanted to 
But then again, it's always a trade-off because to become more financially stable, you have less time with your children. So I'm grateful for the time that I had with them while I was a stay-at-home mom. But now it's like I am also grateful to be able to afford a vehicle to drive them here and there when they need to go places and to teach them how to drive because now I have that skill to offer them, you know, and to be able to buy them. My son has a PS5. Like, that makes me happy because he's happy, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely be able to give them what they need or what they want. You know, sometimes it's good to give them what they want and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that, too. But, I know for me, um, what I would have changed, um, I probably wouldn't had that baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably it. And I ain't you know, being petty, y'all. I know that. y'all don't probably. Because you know what? If it was a different person, your baby would be a different person, too. Nah, she gonna still be the same person because she came from me. Nah, let me say, <laughs> I I get that. It, you know, I don't want to change, but I'm saying like with his whole motive, how he would have made you would have made him have change. a better point in his life before he dealt with you. I don't think I would have dealt with him though. I ain't even being. I'm not being petty, <laughs> listeners. Oh, yeah. I'm not being petty. I mean, it makes sense. It's just because a lot of times you find out about a person too. Sometimes you find out a little too late, yeah. and you know you can think you know somebody real, real good, and you may not know them. I ain't gonna get into that. That's a whole nother episode. But, then too, that's but the point um, of getting older and growing and learning from the mistakes we yeah, made. Yeah, and you, and you see. You see, now I don't been real careful, and it's done been on what almost sixteen years, and I ain't had another mm-hmm. one. <laughs> girl, look, I learned my lesson. It seems like I spent enough time in that hell. Oh, girl, <laughs> no, nah, girl, I didn't spend that long, girl. It was enough. She was like, long. I touched. Yeah, it was my definitely enough. I ain't going in there. Okay, mm-mm. I ain't gonna keep to look. Mm-mm. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so. That would be it. And then, um, yeah, because I don't want nobody to be like, girl, you know you damn petty. Mm-hmm. But now, it's just, <laughs> that's just the truth, though. Hey, we just being raw and uncut, yeah, what we say. Uncut. So, yeah. So, um, if you could tell a woman that is pregnant for the first time two tips, what would they be? Hmm. I guess the first one would be, Trust your intuition because you know your body better than anyone else. If you feel that something is wrong, act on it. Don't let someone else tell you not to. And secondarily, don't let anyone in your space when you are preparing to give birth to that baby that makes you uncomfortable. Because you and that baby should be in a bubble for the first couple months and you it should be blissful and you should be getting to know each other don't allow people around you who might intervene on that in any type of negative manner family or not because you know sometimes we got them aunties that be like oh she had the baby and they don't talk to you they just want to come over and be nosy don't don't let them not the nosies Mm -hmm. yeah so I definitely understand that totally. Um, I know my tips would be um, enjoy your pregnancy. Um, enjoy your time with your baby um, while they're in your stomach and outside of your stomach because the time goes fast. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times, you know, once it's gone, you can't get it back. You cannot get it back. So definitely enjoy it. Like definitely when you're pregnant. I know some things that I oh we're gonna get into that too. We're gonna go ahead and get into that next real quick <laughs> before we end this episode. But um the second tip would be um uh, well the first tip is enjoy your pregnancy. Just enjoy it. Be who you are. Um some days you may not want to be bothered with people and that's okay. Um, and, and that's all the mood swings. Cause I know I had me some mood swings, baby. The moods was switching. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be in a, in a funky mood and don't even know why. And my doctor be having to tell me that's them hormones, your hormones. Yep. 
And so I be having to ask myself, like, what is going on with me? Like, come on, Chastity, get it together. Why are you upset for? And I couldn't, I couldn't um, realize why I was upset. And then also, ladies, um, another tip is you will have a lot of time pregnancy brain. You are not going crazy. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that you are not crazy. You will have that where you will forget everything. Because with me, I used to forget every single thing. It was like I had to start writing down stuff. Like, it was crazy. And I think a lot of people, um, Summer, don't realize that when you're pregnant, you become a whole different person while you're pregnant, too. Because your body is going through so much change that... Some things you may not be A1 on anymore as much. Like you may have remember a lot before you was able to do a lot and you're not able to do it. But also you can still do some things. You're not handicapped. You know, some people like to treat you like you're handicapped when you're pregnant mm-hmm. and that's not the case. But you do want to be careful. You definitely. know, you do definitely want to still be careful. But what I was going to get into Outside of that, I was going to say that um, what was the most enjoyable part about being pregnant, Summer? What would you say? Mm, I think for me, probably the first couple of days after giving birth, but during the actual pregnancy, probably before I got too, too big. Because the early parts of the pregnancy where people are nice to you because they know you're pregnant and they always be giving you snacks and stuff because they know you're the (laughs) lady in the room. Like, like really? They was giving you snacks? I was getting, I had my, I told you I was, I was in high school. My guidance counselor at school, he used to go to BJ's and give me the big pack of Easy Mac because I used to crave Easy Mac with my friends. Oh my God. And he was like, here, come on in here. Have your Easy Mac break. Come on. I know you want the Easy Mac. Oh, my gosh. That is so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, he was so nice to me. He used to call me in there once a day to come have some orange juice and Easy Mac because that's what I wanted to eat. (laughs) That is is so sweet. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Definitely being catered to because, like, I am such a hard worker and such a giver. So I'm always giving to people. And when I was mm-hmm. pregnant was the one time that people were like, all right, let me give this this girl a lollipop or something so she could shut up. I'm like, ha now you have to be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. And, and that was my thing. That was like my favorite part about being pregnant to the public because I remember that when you go into places and everybody else may not have a seat, but you're going to have them folks that's going to get up and give you their seat. Um, And other folks be looking at them like, yeah, you ain't get up for me. And the other person, they don't be stuck. And they be like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And then also, like you said, with the cater, you definitely do get, well, I know I got catered to too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are more understanding a lot of people are more um compared to now a lot of people are more nice some crazy stuff i heard somebody uh a pregnant lady got on the bus and it was like she should have fucked a nigga who had a car i ain't getting up for her yeah i was like oh y'all crazy now (laughs) (laughs) and they crazy yeah whoever said that is crazy what the what this the was, hell? This was somebody's young kid. They was younger than me. They I don't know, maybe not high school, but young, like nineteen, twenty, maybe. Girl, these people don't have no type of respect no yeah. more either. That's why I was talking about in the last episode. The morals. I would have got up and gave her my seat them. if I had a seat, but I was already standing up, so I'm just listening in. Like, damn, who raised you? Yeah, that it did say it right in front of the people. That's what I be talking right. about. Like, people have no freaking filter. None. Like. And then it makes them look bad, and they don't realize. I think they just don't care. That's what it no, is. They and don't like, because everybody ready to be Billy Badass and be like, "Oh, if you don't like it, I'll fight you." Like, all right, yeah, exactly. I mean, if that's how you want to live your life, cool. Okay, yeah, you can't fight everybody. Damn sure can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, so yeah, that's definitely crazy, but. 
Yes, but that looks like it's it, the end of this episode, and it was definitely a pleasure speaking on it. Did you have any um, questions that you want to bring up that you think that the listeners may want to hear about? Uh, or no? No. I mean, I guess I would just throw out a word of advice. Like, um, as far as being pregnant, take care of yourself. Do your own research. You don't always have to go by what others and the doctors are telling you. Look into the best foods to eat for you because healing and health starts on the inside for you and your baby. So those are very important things to take with you. Yes, yes, so true. Okay, y'all, that is the end of our second episode and myself, Chastity. So in summer, we'd like to thank each and every one of you guys for listening in to our second episode. We hope that you guys took some insight from it as well as learned some things in this episode about childbirth. Whether you're a mother or not, or even if you're a guy that's listening to this episode, I feel that you can definitely look at our experience and see exactly what is childbirth and what can be some of you guys' experiences, whether it's good, bad, and hopefully it's good. But once again, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Clear Vibes Raw and Uncut Podcast. And as always, you can reach out to us at www.cbcandme.com slash podcast if you have any questions for us or if you ever want to be featured on our website um or podcast so definitely hit us up and let us know that you are interested in being a part of our podcast episode or even if you have any ideas for us anything you want to hear about a subject or something go ahead and hit us up fill out that form on that page and we will definitely get back to you as soon as possible and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your week <laughs>